The following views and opinions expressed on Joy Has Questions podcast are not to be confused and or affiliated with any other corporations, companies, businesses, LLCs, and any other acronym that you can possibly think of. Basically, these are my own opinions on my own platform. And now everybody, let's get on with the show. Hey, good people. It's your girl Joy Has Questions, dropping some new fire for you all to listen to for the week. Starting with, you guessed it, you better know. I am highlighting Dr. Patricia Bath, who was the first African-American to complete a residency in ophthalmology at Columbia University and the first African-American female doctor to receive a medical patent. She invented the Laser Faco Pro for cataracts treatment in 1986. Now, the reason why this woman was just so fucking phenomenal is because being born in November of 1942 in New York's Harlem neighborhood, she was already the child of the first black motorman for the New York City subway system, Mr. Rupert Bath, and had a mother, Gladys, who was so dedicated to her children and to making sure that they had an amazing education. And even though she was a housewife and a domestic worker, she used her salary to save money for her children's education. So clearly this was a household where it was like, look, you gonna do well in school or you gonna get the hell up out of here. And that type of mentality, I think, especially in that generation was super important because these are the same principles that Mary McLeod Bethune also tried to give us in terms of how educational equity would get us out of poverty and help us as a community. And so her parents were reflecting that. So this young woman graduated high school in two years. I had to go to two different high schools. So even that, I was like, come on, sis. Like, she was just so amazing. She was one of the only students to attend a cancer research workshop sponsored by the National Science Foundation. And the program head, Dr. Robert Bernard, was so excited and impressed with her discoveries on a project that she had worked on and her findings in a scientific paper that he presented it at a conference. She got so much publicity for these findings that it earned Dr. Bath the Mademoiselle Magazine's Merit Award in 1960. So this is a woman who is just killing it time and time again. She earned her bachelor's from Hunter College in 1964, went to Howard for her medical degree, graduated from Howard with honors in 1968, and from there accepted an internship at Harlem Hospital. So the following year, 1969, she started pursuing a fellowship in ophthalmology at Columbia University. And the reason why I think this is so phenomenal, we already know, like there are just certain words or trigger words, I always say, in the black community that come up. Mainly how diabetes as well as cataracts is something that is very hypertension, um, high cholesterol. These are things we always know affect our our community I think a little bit more than others so she started doing research because she specifically saw that African Americans were twice as likely to suffer from blindness than any other patients to which she attended and on top of it they were eight times more likely to develop glaucoma so it led to her developing a community ophthalmology system which increased the amount of eye care that was given to those who could not afford treatment so 
before there was, you know, Affordable Health Care Act, there was Dr. Bath making that impact specifically in the neighborhood and community she was from and giving back to make sure that those community members were taken care of medically. So in 1973, she became the first African-American to complete a residency in ophthalmology. She also became an assistant professor of surgery at both the Charles Drew University and the University of California in Los Angeles. And then in 1975, she became the first female faculty member in the Department of Ophthalmology at UCLA's Jules Stein Eye Institute. Like killing it, killing it, killing it. Now, on top of giving this queen all of her things, she developed the most well-known invention for cataract medical research was this the laser phaco probe in 1986 so it was a, basically a device that made it less intrusive less painful and more precise in the treatment of cataracts she received a patent for it in 1988 and that is what made her the first african-american female doctor to receive a patent for medical purposes she has patents in japan canada and europe this is like, she just blows my mind time and time again. Um, she also was someone who definitely wanted to, you know, promote black women in STEM to encourage black medical professionals. And that was such a testimony as everything that you saw that she did in her life was for the betterment of our community. This queen died May 30th, 2019 in San Francisco, California. But because of her achievements, she helped not only our community to be seen differently within the mainstream healthcare system, but she also made sure that those that she touched literally had the gift of sight so that their lives could be better. Not only should we give her all of the roses and all of her things, but let's keep her in mind when we're talking about bomb-ass black queens doing things or those who have paved the way for us in STEM. Guys, it is season three of Joy Has Questions. Like, I cannot believe it. I don't know why y'all keep listening to my crazy self, but I am super, super happy. Um, For season three debut episode, I have the amazing, accomplished Farron Adams here. I am so, so happy to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Yes, mind you guys, she came on her birthday weekend. So you already know, like, this is about to be super on time, on point. So you can go turn up. Got dinner, you know. Enjoy a nice stir fry with your family. Jumping right into it, like, we met, you know, going to different, like, tech-based events within the city of Chicago, and I was like, yes, outfits, like, you always had great energy, um, and it was something that, like, I just naturally was like, I want to know who she is, what she do, um, and being one of the top, like, creative technologists in the city, having such a platform, her vacation pictures, <laughs> I literally was about to get girl up for breakfast, girl. and I was like, nah, we gonna make this oatmeal, girl. <laughs> And get it with some seltzer water. Oh um, but what like led you to to want to go into tech? Did you wake up one day and say, I'm gonna take over in this industry? Absolutely not. Um, it's an interesting story. I was always in tech, but I've always been on the resale type retail side of tech. So selling technology. Um working for Microsoft retail, um, HP retail, things like that. So I always was like a product knowledge expert. Um, and then I realized that I want to kind of step up my career game because it's only so far you can go in the retail space. Mm-hmm. Once I got my degree, I was like, okay, I'm in corporate. I'm doing something that I'm not crazy about. But what is it that I can do that I already have experience in that can take me really far and give me the bag? Because 
Tech is where the money is, you know. A hundred and eighteen percent higher than what everybody else is getting paid. Yeah. My math might be shaky, but it, I can do some uh, division when it comes to that. So the bag was there, and I'm like, this is, and they're they're wanting us in that space. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, let's get into that space, and so here I am. Definitely. So beforehand, like, what was your your background? Were you in more? So I know you said like you were selling the products, mm-hmm. but were you in advertising? Were you more so like? integrated marketing communications like was that the gist or um essentially so actually my degree is in accounting so complete complete switch right <laughs> hat off to you queen yeah, girl it was tough because after long division it with <laughs> me i was like this is not my testimony but shout out to whoever it is honestly money math is the only math that makes sense to me so that's how i was able to get through accounting um but yeah so the retail side that i was in um like i said product knowledge so really like the the hardware um, so selling the computer, selling the phones, talking about all of the systems and the processes and all of those type of things. So that just kind of transitions to me. I now know the hardware. It's time to learn the software and then the software as a service. So being into SaaS is a completely different field, but it just easily transitioned for me because the, the terminology was the same. It's just how you apply it through a different lens. Okay, definitely. And having those like interchangeable skills. Exactly. I think that's something that's like the biggest thing you can put on your resume because people, well, you know, you don't really have any experience exactly. here. And it's just like... I tell people all the time when they're trying to make a career change, think of the transferable skills. Everything is transferable. It may say this on this job description. It could translate to something completely different on that job description. So, And it's really also how you market yourself too Absolutely. because it's like you can explain anything. Like it's just certain core things you're always going to deal with is an adult yeah. in any sort of corporate exactly. structure. How do you work with a team? How do you handle something that's time difficult? Management. Time management. Yeah. So it's all the same in that aspect. You were totally correct. Um, but yeah, so telling us a little bit more about your background, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, do you come from like a big family, a small family? Was it the Huxtables growing <laughs> up? And everybody was like, we're expecting greatness from you, Theo. <laughs> like, right. So like, what was your background? For sure. Um, so smaller family. Um, I had a lot of older family members, so like great aunts, great uncles, great greats, things like that. So they lived to be 100 plus years old. Oh, you got genes yeah. on your side. So we got longevity in our family. And it, <laughs> okay. I'm looking forward to it because like people don't really die young in our family. And I'm grateful for that. Um, but they all died off. Right. So I don't have like a lot of cousins and nieces. I don't have nieces or nephews. My uh, siblings don't have kids yet. Um, so my family, my core bit of family is about less than 10 of us. Um, so we're wow. small. Small knit. So all of them are going to be Small and mighty. Small, absolutely. Small but mighty. That's together, the- <laughs> we, we laugh and we have a great time and mm-hmm. it feels like a big, huge family, but it's just not. But that's, that's okay. Um, I love what I have. I'm thankful for what I have. And yes, the bar was set very high. It wasn't a Huxable type situation in terms of family structure, but the bar was still set very high. My mom went through school, got a master's degree. My sister got a master's degree. I'm the only one who doesn't have a master's degree, but you know, I work my way through it, and I and I still think I'm. I'm I mean, doing pretty good. You've done quite well. <laughs> I make master's degree money, so it's like, okay, you know, I'm doing all right. And at the end of the day, we're at the point now where it's like, well, if y'all want to pay for it, go. I'll sit yeah, in anybody's a, uh, graduate exactly. program. Just run the check. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, fine. You want to attack on two more years? Let's make this an exchange. For sure. Um, but no, that's really great because I think the thing is a lot of times when we are in, you know, these leadership positions, we don't realize like our the people around us are prepping us for mm-hmm. that to a certain extent anyway. Absolutely. And so it's really great to see that you have like that familiar support. Because that's necessary. Like, not every day is going to be like, I killed it. Exactly. Some days it's like, I hate it. Right. I'm ready to quit. Um, but you, I have that support and I'm super thankful for it. 
No, so I think, yeah, and on those days where it gets hard, like, for those moments, what have been some obstacles where it's just, you know, obviously don't get in when you try to look. <laughs> this LLC <laughs> is a small one, and I do not have a, a big law firm behind me, so yeah. when you're trying to get nobody oh, with a no. cease and desist. Yeah. But um, just in general, if you can tell us about some of those obstacles, you know, how you were able to overcome them, specifically as a black woman. And I know we live in the world now where it was like, People of color, yeah, like no. black woman, as a black woman, yeah. I specifically want to know, like, how have you navigated those struggles? Absolutely, um, therapy is huge. I'm gonna tell y'all <laughs> the stigma around therapy. Like, forget about it. I was introduced to therapy because of black women tweeting about their therapy experiences. Mm-hmm. So, reading about it on Twitter, I'm like, okay, people are actually going and people are actually talking about it. Open. I'm like, let me see what's to it. Because a couple of years ago, I lost my grandma. Mm. it'll be two years actually in april and, um, yeah definitely. thank you and it was it was rough on me because my grandmother essentially raised me and my siblings uh in our younger years so when we lost her it hit me hard and i went to like this deep dark depression and it was ugly and i was telling my mom like i don't know about this like life shouldn't be this hard and um they tried to like put me on medicine that wasn't working for me i'm like okay i'm gonna try some some more natural things because i'm some spiritual person i was raised in church i'm like i'm gonna get back to like my natural roots um so going to church, praying, yoga, meditation, then tackling on therapy, and that's been the game changer for me. I've been in therapy almost two years. I actually just broke up with my therapist because she realized, like, you're doing good, girl. You don't need me anymore. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. See, I'm scared. I'm actually scared to get to that point because I'm like, I love my therapist. I, I love her, but we were like, we're just in here chit-chatting at this point because right. like, you apply all of the things that we learned in therapy, so you're good. You know how to handle these situations, so now go focus on some other areas of your life. So That's amazing. Yeah. I think that's, um, first and foremost, very bomb that you just had like that that accountability mm-hmm. and the fact the, to see like what the issue actually was. Yeah. I think a lot of times, like, I am even still finding we're talking about therapy, but yeah. like the, those step-by-steps yeah. when you're now having the medication conversation and sometimes there's doctors that instantly want and, to throw and you. And that's what it was. It was like, okay, you you have depression. Here's this. And I'm like, okay. And then right. the medicine made me sick. It was like, no. Because it makes you a little crazier first before it makes you better. I'm before like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. And I, I think like for everyone's story, it is different, right? Yeah, there absolutely. are certain people where it's like, no, this definitely is like, absolutely. you know, help once you get over like your body adjusting to for it. Sure. Um, but I think just in general, having, you know, someone that you can receive that guidance from. I literally just bought um, a mantra book yesterday. Nice. And it was because like, you know, you start off the year and you're like, I'm killing yeah. it. And look, every day comes with its own challenges. Absolutely. Like, whether you are in corporate America, whether you're 100% in this entrepreneurial role, whether you are, you know, trying to bag you a bottle, whatever your journey is. Life, life is going to life, no matter what you It is going to life. Yeah. And so I think it is important to have, like, somebody, that coach, if you will, that's, like, helping you navigate it. Absolutely. Because we always are trying to be everything to everybody. Pouring out and not getting poured into. Yeah. It... <laughs> Let's just have a moment with that because it's like we we will put the the cape on our back. Mm-hmm. I f- have you ever found yourself like at times people didn't even ask. You're like vol- you already know you're on E and you're Girl. volunteering for more shit. Like why my, am I doing my this? My therapist talked to me about that. She said, "Fair, you're always raising your hand for something. Stop raising your people aren't even asking. You're just like, oh, I can, I can let me, and then I'm poured out." And I have nothing to give to my own endeavors, my own passions, because I didn't help everybody else get to their, their next step. Mm-hmm. I can be this connection. I can serve as a liaison. Why are you doing this? Why? Why do I want to be Google? Why? 
You don't have <laughs> let them figure out how to get results in three point five seconds. Girl. That is not my testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but even looking at us, like the fact, like you know, we're millennial women. I feel like we're the last generation that like. And maybe not. I do feel like Centennial still, like, go yeah. to college. But I feel like it's more so of this era of secure the bag while you're in school and yeah. figure it out now. Like, I see a lot of brands where these college kids... They'd be, like, 21, 22. And I'm 21, 22. I ain't... What? <laughs> I think, honestly, I'm not even mad at it. I feel like they watched our mistakes yeah. of how to navigate, you know, the, these hashtag algorithms. Exactly. And now they have cracked the code. They They're like, figured it out. oh, no, girl, we got the tactics. <laughs> and we're going to get this reach and engagement. Exactly. Um, but in terms of, you know, looking at us as a generation, where it's like college something that was, you know, forced on you, mm-hmm. or was it something where you're like, this is what our family does. Yeah. You clearly came from a, a family of higher education yeah. where that was put in front of you. Um. I didn't know any other option but college. Okay. It's not, and it didn't even feel forced. It just felt like this is the next thing because after high school you go to college. Because what else? Am, what what else would I do? Like starting a business wasn't a thing in my mind at the time. Working a job wasn't. We weren't. I wasn't forced to work. I worked because I wanted to. Because I liked having my own money. And my mom told me, if "You want to buy your own underwear that right. don't come in a pack? You're gonna have to work and buy yourself." So Victoria's Secret is not in my budget. <laughs> I think though that's something that's super important. I kind of got shook when I saw this meme. And sometimes I still get surprised that memes can, like, drop some real knowledge. But I literally sat there and I was like, well, that ain't the truth. But they're like, you know, there's nothing wrong with going hard in your role, right? And giving your all and Mm -hmm. having that commitment to excellence. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you will die tomorrow and your job will be back on LinkedIn. On Friday. Right, or Monster (laughs) and Indeed or whatever the platform is. And so it's something to really take into consideration, especially for our community, Especially looking at the times we are living in, like, there's no more leeway or bandwidth that we have to, like, let these gaps continue. absolutely Like, it's it's either, it's truly make or break, I feel, for us. So, I think it is important at the same time to balance, like, I'm doing this, I'm killing it, I'm also making sure that I'm setting myself up for personal success. For sure. I think um, where I'm at in corporate life now, because I've done it for so long, is paving the way like i'm trying Mm -hmm. to break these barriers and make these opportunities available for other black women Mm -hmm. outside of that that's not my passion i've never been like all right i'm gonna retire and from this one company like there are certain things that i because i'm learning from these companies i'm learning like my current company i'm not gonna say its name right um, but my current company i like i'm learning tactics and insights and how to work different things so i can apply it outside of my role Mm -hmm. like so any job that i have now and going forward is going to be for the bigger picture for my own personal mm-hmm. thing. So next would be like brand management. And then I got some other things that I want to tackle off and some other companies I want to check the box for, but that's just going to build me up for whatever my end goal is outside of working for somebody else. I think you actually hit it on the head. Like I know for a fact, my resume, if you look at it, probably reads like a kaleidoscope of like, what the heck? Like <laughs> she was here to like, where did this come but it's from? strategic. It actually was very, it was, and I didn't even realize it at the time. Sometimes, yeah. like, God will be putting you in position. You're like, this don't make no sense. Yeah. Like, I just was in news media. Now I'm sitting here doing stuff for, like, the Illinois Lottery Board. Like, right. how does this, What's you know, tie on? into my master plan? <laughs> yeah. And then, though, it's like I sat back and I looked. I'm like, oh, this was teaching me event curation. Or this was introducing teaching... to me this person. Right. Yeah. You know, or this was getting me these vendor relationships. Absolutely. So I can understand like, oh, this is how you produce like a national television commercial. Or this is how you now actually, you know, figure out with SEM, you know, or paid search. Exactly. Digital marketing. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, 
Oh, uh-huh. day parting does matter uh-huh. if you have a limited budget. Let me, you know, get these keys really quickly. And it does better you. Yeah. So, like, whatever you're thinking of, whatever that master plan is, mm-hmm. is you're sitting there like, oh, girl, I got all this oh, stuff. Got it. And the Rolodex. I'm downloading everything. <laughs> and thank you for the braces because yeah. it was not going to happen otherwise. <laughs> are you currently, like, mentoring anyone? Like, what are some of the lessons that you give, like, maybe the younger generation? I don't even say generation. We ain't that old over here. But, I mean, like. There's a generation below us, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. They, they definitely are just. <laughs> I don't want to say they're clout focused to a certain, but it's like, I think they are very, very big on the marketing. Yeah. And at times it's like, but what is the substance of what you're marketing? Yeah. You can have a million and five tactics. If you don't have the strategy, the tactics go for nothing. I think it's just a very different lens for them because we grew up half and half like social media was just coming out we were figuring out but we still knew how to do like the in-person the natural the Mm -hmm. organic thing social media is all they know so they just take it from a completely different approach and this is all this is what makes sense to them and i get it because what my what makes sense to my mother doesn't make sense to me um so i get like we're the hybrid but they're like all into social media yeah they do a lot of clout chasing and things like that but that just comes natural to them that just seems like this is what you're supposed to do when you get on instagram is post this or do this challenge or, or this at other. this person exactly and they gotta at you back exactly. or so it's just a very different lens for them but in terms of like how i'm like reaching back and pulling back um and helping other young women come up like yesterday i did a panel at um, columbia college for urban alliance and i was talking to these high school students and these kids are so smart and one of the questions, well, mostly the panel was about how do you navigate diversity at work. And just one of the, the things that I told them is just make sure that you start showing up as your authentic self now. Because when I was younger, I had a mentor who was great, older black guy, but he told me like, Farron, you need to bring your Becky voice to work. And this, exactly. Or you need That's to let people, what I was yeah, taught. Let people call you by switch. your nickname. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that, and you know, times were different back then. We were just breaking into these spaces. So maybe he definitely had great intentions for it, I'm sure. But now it's like, no. Like, come in the door being you, wearing your natural hair, saying your full name. And My I full name what, is Farron. Like, I that's saw what you it posted is. on LinkedIn exactly. about, you know, Kiki Palmer. And even and that her. was difficult for me because I posted it at work in our Slack channel first. And I was like, I don't know. This is going to be, am I going to be that rah-rah black girl who all causes right. all this attention? But I'm like, also, this is part of my history and you all need to know this so you can approach me appropriately. So oh, I'm petty. I would <laughs> put it up for a women's history. I'm carrying on with uh, the second half of black history. <laughs> Literally. <month. laughs> I was like, here's also some more tidbits and facts <laughs> because I don't want you all to be confused that we only do stuff from okay. February 1st Honestly. to the 29th to, to if it's a leap got, year. Right. right. So I, a girl. Yeah. To, mine was teams. I'd mess up a teach. I'd be like, here she go again. Here like, <laughs> but I don't mind, you know, I think especially hitting on the head of what you said when you're talking to your mentees or people that are looking up to you, I think it's so important because well-meaning people can still screw you up mentally. Absolutely. Yeah. And I found, you know, it got to a point I had that mentor as well. You know, I feel like a lot of us had like those well-meaning business professionals who are also going off of what was taught to them because now we're completely shifting in corporate America. They're saying, no, we want you to be, come with your bamboo earrings and and, (laughs) oh my God, you wear the best outfits and your hair just always changes. Yes, I know. This is me coming with my authentic self. And I think that's something that's like super important. But at the same time, like, I had to kind of throw up a lot of the junk I had been taught. to eat. And sometimes I still find myself battling it. Like, yeah. okay, 
are we going to give them, I ain't giving them joy a series. Like, obviously I have yeah. common sense, but it's like, I'm not also going to give them, oh my God, guys, I love friends. That. I fucking hate friends. <laughs> Never I don't know saw it. the show. I don't watch The Bachelor. I can't keep up with none of living, that. They, uh, living single is better, and yeah. it's not because it was the black show. It, <laughs> it was, was because it is a better, yeah. well-constructed show. I never understood why white women were running around screaming smelly cat. I'm like, what? <laughs> I can't relate. I, and, and I don't want oh, to. Oh, first off, and animals are yeah. barely kept in black homes. Like, they're just going to have a cat. My mother's like, it belongs outside. If, that was her rule for everything. Yeah. You can come in to eat, and then you can go <laughs> back to you can go it. back outside in your natural habitat. And go to your space. Don't let my dog hear that. He's going to be like, what? Are you want to Do you pay for your dog? He's probably laying in my bed right now. What breed is it? It's a Yorkie. Oh, so they're the worst. Yorkie. I know. He's a terror. <laughs> because in their mind, I have seen Yorkies make Great Danes run. Like, those ankle biter. I had a Maltese as a child, and uh, yeah. she was a nightmare. Uh, but yeah. in a in a good, like, in a cute way. Exactly. Um, you were talking, though, about D&I. Mm-hmm. And I remember Lakeith Stanfield, he had said something. It was like two award seasons ago. And it was when everybody was... Diversity, inclusion, diversity, inclusion. And he legit was like, I'm about to diversify and include (laughs) this pimp hand if somebody else asks me about this shit one more time. You know, he's like weird fine. Oh, yeah. Well, that's my type. And I I must say, (laughs) you know who else has grown on me? Not as, you know, physical attractiveness, but I'm just like, I fuck with the. I love Tyler, the creator. The I fell in more... love with Tyler because my boyfriend mm. is in love with Tyler, so I took him to a Tyler concert for his birthday last year. So I was prepping, listening to the album. I'm like, this thing is weird, and I like it. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, I found myself getting, I got into an argument with a retired news anchor because oh, again, I came yeah. from new, and I just, I don't know what the disconnect is with baby boomers and like everybody up there. I feel like they truly are the only generation that can't accept the fact they're not cool anymore. Exactly. It's I tough really, for them. I really just think it's that. I'm just like, because even Gen Xers, I don't see, or yeah, Gen Xers, I don't mm-hmm. see anyone else bash any other generation no. in the sense of you all are doing and it the, wrong. These millennials, these millennials, it's like, it's millennials, it's not a mindset, like mm-hmm. it's just who we are as a generation and that's just what it is, but it's like, okay, boomer, whatever. <laughs> Go ahead and have it. Let, right. me, let me put you in on a news flash. <laughs> Dwayne stole Whitley from Walter. She didn't marry Byron. Shocker. Sorry. Um, but I think it's something that when just even getting back to that little blip, it was so interesting for me to see like how this young man has crafted such again, not just on cloud, but has crafted such a well thought out career. He yeah. is very vocal in the LGBT community. First off, and actually it was my cut like she put me on Tyler yeah. Curry. I didn't even know he made clothes. <laughs> I was like, this yeah. was a Beautifully super constructed ta- reveal. Super talented. I wouldn't wear it, but yeah. I can respect like, like what he the creativity of what he brings to the table. Or yeah. him showing up as a bellhop from Sesame Street. Right. And everyone was trying to make fun of him. He was like, Well, actually, I love like they're the dopest. They're workers. They always give me good energy. Yeah. So this was me, you know, giving them a shout out back. Like, which in actuality are blue co- a basis of our our whole society. Exactly. So I think it's super important, but when we're talking about like D and I and what that looks like, not only just within our community, right? Because mm-hmm. um, sometimes I feel like we even typecast ourselves in terms of who can be the um, the representative. The face of it, yeah. Exactly. Like not even being, like we look the part, 
But I think the thing is, like, once I start, people are like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. You're not if black enough. I don't know. Right. Or it's like get the opposite. Like, did she bring a shot of Shakur? <laughs> oh, God. We've got to get her out. We've got to get her out now. She's did taking she... it the furthest. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not saying I'm about to run up in here with a, We're you know, fuck the revolt, police. Right. Like, I'm not running around the office doing that. But I think it's just like, it blows my mind with you. Yeah. Are you at the point where it's like, let me, I know how to play this corporate game without like losing my soul. hmm because I care about D and I, because it's my entire life. Exactly. Because or existence. it was based around us. Yeah. How do you like? How do you navigate that? Because I can't every season now. Um, for one, for me, my the company that I work at, they look at D and I actually DEI for us diversity, equity, and inclusion from a very authentic lens. Hit that. Because <laughs> I was trying to figure out what's this hashtag the DEI the DEI. Like, that I love. Sure. So diversity, equity, and inclusion, because you can diversify your space. You can make people feel included, but are you giving people an equal slice of the pie? Is it uh-uh. equitable across the board? Like, yeah, we brought all these black women in, but they can't raise their hand. They're not invited to the meeting. They're not on the, the call, anything like that. So it's not equitable. So equity has to be part of it. But you have a seat at the table. Bitch, my seat is rickety. My table's in the back. Got splinters. Y'all didn't even tell exactly. me about the lunch until five minutes before exactly. now. So now I can't get nothing. Like, and y'all sitting here, you know, in these, these plush chairs, and I didn't pulled up a stool trying, right, like, looking trying over to look the over edge. y'all. So yeah, it has to be equitable as well not just diverse not just inclusive but also equitable so what are like i think though at times that's tricky because it's like if if we're talking about equity and Mm -hmm. say like it's balancing the fact half the time we're the only one or maybe two in that space and all skin folk ain't kin folks so maybe just one (laughs) i say this all i'm not gonna bring up the first time i learned that lesson in corporate america but oh did i learn it oh yeah and i remember that Excuse me, remember sitting there going, well, if this ain't a Samuel L. Jackson, (laughs) Django Unchained mess. Like, I could, it was... It's mind-blowing, and it's disheartening because I thought I was going to look to sis for some some support, some backup. And you find sis is Sally. Like, what the hell is going on Sis ain't even looking my way. Like, oh, okay. Sis is like, Mm. no, I don't go south of Roosevelt. So, the Bud Billigan. (laughs) Can't drive? (laughs) Right. King, King, oh no, girl! I said, yeah. I go to um, the Peninsula for even though they're spas. Let me not. It is a dope hotel. There, that that three hour hot stone. I was gladly giving them <laughs> two fifty. One, I would space it out once every three months. Once you know. Listen, where's the Groupon? Um, that's what. That's <laughs> that's how you get my black ass in the door. My sister so. wants me to do that flow flotation uh, thing where they put you. It's oh like yeah. That's a, my Jesus, y'all gonna find claw marks. I'm gonna be turned over the damn thing. They, like, they said that's like calming though, and it's really good for you. And I don't know, it just seems like claustrophobic and an egg with water. And then I don't trust you gonna be the person that was lazy that day, put like 995 when you were supposed to put a thousand. <laughs> so I didn't close my eyes thinking I can float and I'm sinking. Girl, oh, hell girl no. But no, getting back though, I think it's something that you know, with you now, you are also the Hold on, make sure I get this correct. The women's co-chair uh-huh. for um, women at that place. Women at that place. Uh-huh. I like that. <laughs> you should put that on your resume. I did uh, bad bitch things here at that place. Yes. Um. So how does that feel? Like, is it daunting? Is it like yes, go time? Um. It's 
it's both. It's a little bit of both because um, it's very strategic and specific and we have um, high goals and KPIs and metrics for that that part of the organization. But there's also another black woman who's part of it. So that's really helpful. She actually, kinfolk. Yeah, she, kinfolk. Right. Because she pulled me into it. She was like, hey, I want you to apply. Hey, you need to apply. Hey, the deadline is tomorrow. We need you in this space. Um, so I already felt very welcomed in it, but I'm working with the rest of them are white women and they have these ideas and these things. And I'm just like, I don't really know how to navigate it because they're looking at me as leadership, but I don't know if I feel like a leader amongst them just yet. It's like imposter syndrome. Like, do I belong in here? Why did they want me here? Um, so I'm struggling with that, but it's an amazing opportunity. (laughs) Thank you. It's an amazing opportunity and it gives me, it gives me space to create room for other people. So like I said, that's one of my missions and goals. And that's why I'm in a corporate is to open up these opportunities. So being even in a leadership role is going to help me succeed and do that even more. Perfect. And I think one thing that you even said that's worth unpacking is the fact of like, you have me in this leadership space, but are you going to follow what I'm leading on? Exactly. Because I don't need now when it comes time for, re- you know, we, we love her, but you know, she's a little aggressive or I just... You know, I didn't know if I felt comfortable Girl. being able to tell her, you know, I was confused. And yeah. I'm just like, I don't have time for this. I don't. What did I say that was aggressive? My voice is a little bit deeper. I can't help that. My face is always resting. Like, I can't help that. So what did I do and say that was aggressive? So I, I am navigating that um, and I just trying to. I flipped it. Yeah. I was like, you know, I just, I couldn't handle all, all the passiveness. Did it... you pull that? Oh, I need to I... pull that. Because the thing is. <clears throat> It naturally, we just come from a community or a culture mm-hmm. of, of straightforwardness. Yeah. We have to be direct and to the point. Right. Yeah. And one aspect that I, it took me forever. And I think when I look back, that actually was something that was serving to kind of, you know, keep me in a certain position or to keep repeating the same story over again. Yeah. I did not understand. It wasn't code switching, right? Or right. knowing how to talk. I didn't understand passive aggressive through written emails. And it, I tell now, this is CC. something I tell my mentees <laughs> all the time. Yeah. If you want to figure out how to crack the code of whiteness in corporate America, you have got to learn that when they ask you questions, nine times out of ten, they're not asking you a question. No. They just are not going to flat out tell you what the fuck it is that yeah. they want you to do yeah. or what they need you to do. Exactly. And so they're going to give it. you four different emails of tiptoeing around the fucking problem. Yeah. Whereas we just, well, what do you want? Exactly. Hey, can you do this? I need this by this time. Right. But they're like, hey, hey um, is it, wait, am I lost? Like, who was handling that? Then everybody got to sit here. You got to wait for everyone to read it. Exactly. It's just so convoluted. Girl. And so, <laughs> I, that's a class I can teach. Yeah. I'm like, we're talking about consulting sessions. Say what you mean, Cisco. I don't the first have time. To- Please. Times of the essence, and if you're not paying me for it, you're wasting it. So I remember one time I told someone I was like, "Well, just pretend I'm a bald head white man in power." <laughs> what would you say to him? Right? Would would he be too authoritative? Would it be you know aggressive then? Yeah. Or would it be just you know Prescott telling you what the fuck he needs done? <laughs> you know that. If it wasn't just the most stereotypical name, I really Prescott. do love Prescott. With the country club, like, sweater hey, The tie. polo, exactly. little teddy bear. Um, but no, so really quick, we have to switch because I have to... I know for a fact you ain't showing up to me this in this ensemble. Hello. So, and I've seen your IG. I was like, oh, yes. Thanks, girl. Come through Coke <laughs> Bottle. Thank I can you. give you, like, a Red Bull can at times, but I can't do, like... <laughs> 
brick house. He's I so just, funny. I didn't get his a ankles, booty. No, it's that too. But I will say, my mother always used to make fun of me. She's like, "You got your daddy's side of the family. They damn Aww. high waist. Everyone I know, you have to have a lower waist if you want an ass." Do some squats. I've done that. I've done that. I've done Darius. <laughs> Look, dick squat. It's not, it does not work. I am genetically, this is it. Like, we'll, we'll buy some. I am a proponent of buy what you want. See? Body positivity. I guess like I don't mind doing a light, light yeah. fat transfer. And I'm not even talking about something like where it's like, girl, you look like the ant or <laughs> the worms yeah, from Men exactly. in Black. No, not that. I just want just a, a little, little curve. Uh-huh. I'm tired of looking like a bent back pee. Girl, you look beautiful. Stop it. Thank you. But I mean, that annoyed, like, that's the one. It's my great black shame. <laughs> I've held that in for so long. Aww. But no, so outside of work, like, yeah. where can we find fair and, like, turn up? Like, what do you do to, like, turn you know? Up. Well, I'm washed, y'all. <laughs> you ever, like, look, me and my man, we chill. We do calm things. Yeah. So, like, no, no, we kick it. Okay. Um, where can you find me? Let's see. On any given... Tuesday, I might be at Reggie's having wings because they have the best wings in the city. Yes. I love a good Reggie's wing. Um, that ranch is, the ranch is what makes the wing. If your ranch hit, ain't hitting. All of the sauces, honestly. I just, you know, that's my jam. Um, Where else do I like to go? We like to listen to live music. So we're at Untitled or we're at DJ sets, Virgin Hotel, um, different like little low key events. I do a lot of eating. Um, uh-huh. as these hips will tell you <laughs> so always going out trying new spots um and i and i travel a lot like i got a spain trip coming up for my birthday so yes I'm that's amazing Barcelona. that's fun yeah. <laughs> i actually my friend just um put me back on cuba has been the best trip i ever went on my I, life Cuba changed my life see it, it was it was, it was my bucket list trip yeah. i had always i was like i'd win for my dirty 30 and then she just told me this year she was like hey girl we're going back in august for a whole um black house music collective what first of all send me the i'm telling you i was like Tell oh so we're there that. yeah we're going there i love cuba I, I like being off the grid down there too i didn't it was mind the it. first time yeah. look if you didn't have that little hotel card or if you weren't in somebody's lobby yeah like, girl, you just weren't going to get it. You just off, yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. It was good to just decompress. And not, and they live their life so differently now because they're not consumed with what's happening on social media and what's going on. Let me check the timeline. I need to take this selfie. They're just living and talking and the animals are running around. And I'm like, this is great. There was definitely areas where it was like, okay, yeah, y'all literally oh, boy, understand yeah. what cutting off from the world like did to y'all. But I think also what really touched me was the fact of when you don't embrace at the beginning because now it's democracy but mm-hmm. when you don't embrace imperialism yep. and when you say no to western whites um what that means yeah because there's a price that you pay for independence yeah um haiti you know has the same yeah. issue so does you know cuba and the thing is like it is a you can tell from the ruins mm-hmm. that they were the shit yeah. like it's it's still a be I can it's, see it's like the resurgence now everyone's yeah. building like hotels yeah. and really trying to make it a tourist destination. But I remember I was down there and I heard like it sounded like a gunshot. And we mind you were at a club, yeah. so I instantly did you know the black little whoa because I had already now, marked the exits. Exactly. I'm like okay, do we need to leave? Why are y'all just calm? Yeah, and they were like. Ain't no guns down there. Girl, there's no guns there's down no here. Guns, yeah. I remember 5 a.m. walking past the, you know, Atlantic Ocean, everybody leaving the club, having a ball. And yep. I'm just like, this is life. When they told me that, they were like, no, we don't have weapon issues and stuff like that. And I'm walking through the streets of Cuba, talking to people. 
And I felt fine safe. people. Yeah. Beautiful. They were fine people. people. Yeah. Like and I felt super safe. I had the I'm like, oh, we're saving this money now. I'm going back. Yeah. And and I'll send you um sure. the deets Please and do. stuff for it. Cause she definitely gives you like her and Taliba, my girls, they give an authentic trip. Yes. Like we was getting tips done in the hood. I was like, this in braids. I was like, this is <laughs> This Just is lit. Keep me yeah. here. Yeah. Yes. Um, but no, so what are, uh, I know you have like certain things that you're planning, you mm-hmm. know, working on, but when it's all said and done, looking at Farron Adams, when you get to say, hey, grandma, how do you think I did? You know, what is it that enduring legacy that yeah. you want to have for yourself past like any, you know, corporate accolades or yeah. titles or anything? Um, I really want people to be able to look at me and see that I did it my way. Um, did not follow like a cookie cutter, no structure, no, none of that. Like Farron did it her way. Farron did it Farron's way. And, um, and I think the beauty of that is because I don't have that figured out yet is I can change it. It's mm-hmm. not, I'm not holding myself to Farron. Okay. You have to do this. You have to have that. You have to have these properties. You have to retire in this amount of money and X, Y, Z. It's like, I can change it. I may want to retire as a famous painter and people are going to be like, I ain't never seen how I paint in my life, but then I mind your business. Yeah. But you're happy evolve. So whatever is going to make me happy at that time, that's what I want to do. So I just want people to say she was happy. She lived it her way and, and it made her, uh, gave her a great life. That's super dope. Yeah. I think that, cause that's the thing It's based on intangibles. Yeah. And it's not based on like, Oh, how does someone feel about what I did? Exactly. Cause at the end of the day, nobody, has to walk in your shoes, but you yourself and I. And nobody is responsible for your happiness but you. So, so as long as I'm constantly finding my happy, that's going to be my life. Girl, send that to your therapist. She's going to be so proud. Like, I did that. Like, my yeah. baby worked, no, we did, did her we, keys, we everything. I love her. But no, that's super dope. I, you know, wrapping up, I just want to thank you so much for being on the show. You've made this for me so enjoyable. Like, it's my first, like, video part two. I hope I came out okay. No, you did. We definitely, like, that's an 11. I told Jasmine, I was like, no, we need the good camera. I'm not, (laughs) no shade to Joy, but until y'all match that. Yeah. It's scary how good that iPhone is. No, I know. Is. I got an iPhone 11, too, and I'll be ooh, like... Ooh, rose and, gold. Yeah. I want one. And then the um the uh, the uh camera, like the front, and I was like, ooh. ooh. I thought I had catfished myself. <laughs> I was like, do ooh, I look this, this way when people see me? Because yeah. this is nice. This is mine. yeah. But no, love, thank you so much for thank being for on the show. Me. Um, I cannot wait to see all the amazing things you are doing thank in 2020. Let's Keep... do something together. Yes. I'm all about collaboration. Girl, yeah. you know I love a good panel moment where I can like, take these earrings <laughs> off and be like, okay, so let me tell you the real. Honestly. But yeah, so have an amazing rest of your day. And thank to you. everyone else, this was the first episode for season three of Joy Has Questions. I am so, so thankful and cannot wait for you all to hear even more amazing content coming out. Bye. Hey, good people. This week's motivational message, first and foremost, let me just say, I am on season three of my show. I cannot believe that I am here right now with you all. For everyone that has supported me, having over 2,000 listeners, like you all have no idea how happy I am with that. But it made me think to... What made me start Joy Has Questions? And the fact that in 2016, I fell lower than low. I had no direction. I really was in a space of just feeling listless and confused. And for the first time ever, I couldn't carve out what that next step was going to look like. So in the words of one of my favorite comedians, one of my favorite memories with my mother, Carol Burnett, the only person who can change your life is you. Action 
is what got me to where I am right now. And don't get me wrong, I am not completely over the rivers and through the woods to billionaire's house we go. But when I tell you I am steadily moving forward and getting closer to my dream and my destiny and there's nothing that makes me happier, it is that continued effort. Even on the days when it's hard, even on the days when I can't necessarily see a way out, even on the days where I don't know necessarily how this is going to pan out specifically, I know that if I keep that drive, if I keep that focus, I will have the success that I deserve because I am working for it. I cannot tell you all, if you are in that space that I was in 2016, and you know what? I got back in that space in 2018. Like, it's not like you hit that that moment of, oh man, I feel really low and it's never gonna happen again. Life is going to continuously flow and ebb. So when I tell you, when you feel those moments of listlessness, when you feel those moments of, I don't know how I'm gonna make it through, you just have to keep putting one step in front of the other. I cannot wait for you all to hear the content that I have for this year's show. And I cannot wait to just sit here and vibe with you all and grow and really spread positivity and celebrate blackness and empower you all to follow your dreams as well and to celebrate your voice because you fucking matter. And on that note, I hope everyone has an amazing Monday except all of the raggedy Republicans that are in Congress because clearly they don't have the God-given sense worth a damn. Outside of that, y'all, have a good one. And I will holler later. It's your girl Joy has questions. Out.